The Money Podcast by best-selling author of Money, Rob Moore, dives into how to make, manage, and master money. How to know more, make more, and give more. How to save, invest, and raise money. The Money Podcast is for anyone who wants to make more money in a job, profession, or passion. For money masters and money disasters. They say money doesn't make you happy. Rob says it does. Hi, it's Rob Moore here and welcome to the Money Podcast and wherever you're watching on the associated video. Now, the concept of paying yourself first is really simple and anyone who's not making the money that they want to make, they are probably paying themselves last, which means their boss gets a good chunk of the money, i.e. they're working to earn their boss money. Then there's lots of tax and national insurance and bills and overheads and debts and then they get what's left, so they actually get paid last. Uh, And um, paying yourself first is a gift that you get as an entrepreneur because that's the reward for the risk that you take of being an entrepreneur. Now, when you're an entrepreneur, you get to pay yourself first, and then you get to pay the tax and national insurance and bills and everything afterwards. But I've been putting the message of paying yourself first out for, what, a decade I first learned it in The Richest Man in Babylon, which is decades old, might even be nearly a hundred years old. Pay yourself first. Um, But I'm really quite surprised and intrigued how many people, they can't get their head around this concept. And here's what they say. They say things like, well, how can I pay myself first? Because I can't afford to. You know, if I pay myself first, I'll have, you know, bills that will be unpaid. I'll get myself into debt, etc. And I thought I'd have a bit of a dive into this because I think, you know, my title of this podcast and video says pay yourself first. Simple, not simple. It is simple. You pay yourself a little amount to save, maybe a little amount to invest before you then pay all of your bills and overheads. It's simple. But the reason it's not simple is because you have taxes and direct debits and, you know, sustenance, subsistence to pay. And the reason you're having to pay it first is because that's how you've set up or or rather you've accidentally fallen into because, you know, you've got all of your overheads coming out on direct debit and everyone taking their piece first. So the reality is you have to take control and do the following. You have to pay yourself first by means of direct debit or standing order, which means when money comes in, you know, whatever day it is of the month, let's say it's the first, um, you immediately direct debit or standing order out money. And you might put some into a long-term interest account, you know, a long-term savings account, which you might have, for example, for irregular shocks or that you save and never touch. By the way, that's another concept a lot of people that I am... I share my message with don't understand. Why would you save and never touch money? Because if you never touch it, you'll never have it. But if you save it and never touch it, the 5% return as interest on the capital will grow and grow and grow and grow and you can live off the interest. Anyway, I digress. Maybe that should be another money podcast sometime in the future. So you move the money out first. So you have your long-term savings account. You maybe have your short-term savings account. You maybe have a, a, a bit where you invest some money. And then the rest is for disposable income, i.e. to spend, to enjoy, and for your overhead. Now, let's say that you're spending more than you earn. That's another fundamental I'll probably cover at some point. Uh, And so as such, you feel like you can't afford it. Well, you start by 
maybe just putting 50 pounds or 5% or 3% of what you earn. Now, in the initial days, that's going to be hard. But what you do then is you go out and sell some more stuff, you cut some overhead, um, and therefore you reduce the outgoing so you increase the ingoings. Now, Paula said only possible if you get paid on time. I would say not necessarily the case. Go out and sell more stuff and get paid in real time. Um, set your direct debits out on the first of the month and bring in some income by the 30th of the month or, you know, by the, the next month. So it's like, you know, if you pour water in a bucket with a hole in it, it's never going to fill. The first thing you have to do is plug the hole. So let's say your deficit is £200 a month and you're like, oh, I can't because I'm £200 a month down. But I've got to pay for my Sky TV. I've got to pay my council tax. I've got to pay, you know, all of my direct debits and everything else. Well, get rid, rid of a few non-essential direct debits. Do, you know, 200 quid's worth of overtime. You've probably then saved 400 quid. You're 200 quid down. You've made another you know, 200, 400 quid, you've got net 200 quid left, you save 150 of it and never touch it. Um, Paul has also said, I'm in construction and that's the dream. Well, get in, and get in a different niche then. Um, or change your payment terms and don't take jobs unless you've got a decent amount up front. And if that's not something that's done in your industry, change your industry um, or go in a different industry. You know, now I'm not doing this to be defensive to your comments, Paul, because, you know, I want to engage with, um, you know, my community. And thank you for sharing that. I get that. Um, but, you know, you're in control of your life and your ship. And I think this is why a lot of people don't understand the pay yourself first, you know, quandary or paradox that they're in. You know, there's no doubt you could go and sell some of your stuff, the things that you don't want. You know, every Christmas when I get gifts, if they're gifts that I don't want, I'm very grateful and thank the people who gave them to me and then I go and sell them. And I always have a clear out once a year and sell a lot of my clothes. I could sell this up. I could sell this um, Mac and get, a, you know, a, a cheaper computer, which would, you know, probably do the job. There's always a way that you can find a way to, it's, it's, you don't need much if you think about it. Let's say you're net three grand a month and you're net 200 pound a month the wrong way. You only need to make 400 pound extra a month to be net 200 pound better. So um, Leah said, what about um, paying your staff? Well, then hire more salespeople on a lower basic and a higher commission or go out and sell some stuff yourself to get the money up. A lot of people say this about admin. I saw this on a Facebook post in, the com in, in one of our communities. Um, well, Rob, I really want to hire staff and leverage, but you can't leverage until you pay lo made loads of money because if you leverage before you made loads of money, it costs to outsource. But that's, again, thinking of it a different way. Um, because if you always wait until you've got the money that you need to be able to afford to do the things you want to do, you'll probably always be waiting because the things that you want to do will go up and inflation will reduce the value of money anyway. So you'll always push the bar up and up and up and, you know, and you'll never get there. You have to start now. So I'll give you an example. Let's say your time is worth £50 an hour, which is easily worth £50 an hour. Come on, you can't tell me it's not. Then you spend, invest £10 to get one hour of admin done. You take that one hour and you go and sell your time for 50 quid. And then you're net 40 quid better off. So, you know, this is the paradox. I get it. This is my job to challenge you to think differently. So I'm poking you and stoking you to think differently. So what do you do? Do you wait till you've got the extra 50 quid to pay the 10 quid? Or do you invest the 10 quid to free the time to go and make the 50 quid? Well, you could say that's the chicken and the egg. But the work, you know, you, if you wait for the world to come and give you everything that you want, 
you know, I would challenge you that it's not going to happen that way. So you have to force it yourself. You have to do whatever it takes in those first few months to to reverse the deficit. Now, I speak with experience because I did this. I was, what, pretty much pushing £50,000 in consumer debt. And I went out and got a job, which initially I did for free. So my plan was to work for free in the day and still do my painting and the art evenings and weekends because I was painting at random times anyway. So, you know, I was an artist. I was struggling. I didn't quit art when I took this job at this property company uh, selling properties. Um, But I knew I wouldn't have got it if, you know, I'd have asked for a big salary because I didn't have the experience. I said, hey, look, I'll work for free if you pay me a higher commission and pay me zero basic. Um, And so I, I worked there probably from about... Well, eight, I was doing my personal development. At 8.15, I was doing the calls before everyone else was doing calls. And I was probably going on until about 6.30 and 5.30 to 6.30, I was doing the calls when no one else was doing the calls. Um, And I made nearly six figures in that one year. So, you know, just forced it to happen. Um, And in that time, I also remortgaged a property and I actually got equity out and I got a better interest rate. I sold a drum kit I wasn't using. I sold a load of hi-fi I couldn't afford to maintain. I sold a load of clothes I had. Now, you, you may or may not have these things, but I'm telling you, if you look hard enough, you've got these things. You may have a latent online e-commerce business you could fire out and start selling some stuff. I always say to young entrepreneurs, go and knock on all the houses near you and approach your family and their friends and say, hey, look, have you got anything that I could sell? Um, I'll sell it and you know maybe we'll split the profit. Start at 50-50 and at worst go to 80-20 in their favour. And that you can go and then raise some money to then go and invest or to pay off debt or to save first. Then you've created this routine and this habit. And then after a while, you'll get used to it uh, and you'll be able to pay yourself more, save and never touch more and not eat into, into your, um, you know, the, your, your bills and, you know, getting yourself into debt, basically. Um, uh, and then over time, the amount that you save versus the amount that you spend will go from, you know, 110% spending to 100% spending to 95% spending to, you know, I remember um, when I first got to 50-50 where I was able to save 50% and spend 50%. That gives you a really great feeling. Um, And now it's about 20 to 25% of what I earn every month I spend and 70 to 75% I save or invest. Um, it got a bit lower, but then I had kids and, you know, <laughs> kids will soon increase your expenses. Now, here's another thing. People often don't pay themselves first through guilt. So I've had one person say, what about if you've got to pay staff? Well, it's not a zero sum game. It's not binary. It's not like you pay your staff and not you or you and not your staff. You have to find a way of paying your, both of you. But I know many small business owners or people who are working for a living, who are working for a salary that they feel is beneath them. Um, you know, or they're bringing money into their business, but they don't dare take any money from the business. Now, I'm going to give you a few things to think about. So stay with me here. If you wanted to sell your business and you weren't taking the salary that you deserve or that uh, an MD or a CEO should get for the business, then the buyer of your business will take that into account and will reduce the purchase price because clearly the business needs you and you are being underpaid. So actually, to sell a business at its real value, it has to be able to sustain paying all the staff. And that would be factored in. Also, you know, like you don't need to be some kind of martyr 
and for years take no money out of your business. You know, what, why is that a good thing? So many people running small businesses for years saying, oh, well, I'm not taking any money. You know, like, like, you know, like it's some kind of, I don't know, like it's a gift to the world. It's not a gift to the world. And I've noticed this with my business. The more I draw, um, whether it's for retained profits to reinvest, because that's another thing where you need to pay yourself first, not just to take the money for yourself, but to reinvest into innovation and grow your business and fix the problems and take on the feedback. So the more I draw for myself, the more I desire to increase the growth and the turnover of the business. So it's a cyclical thing. So at the moment you're turning over what you are, whether it's your, you know, your job or your business, thinking you can't turn over anymore, but not creating that, um, that itch and that drive to turn over more because you haven't got the need because you haven't increased the overhead. So don't flippantly go and create, you know, increase the overhead unnecessarily. But you have to pay yourself what you're worth. Now, when you don't pay yourself what you're worth, you'll resent your customers, you'll resent your boss, and you'll resent the business, and then you'll lose motivation and energy, and then that will leak into your business. If you pay yourself what you're worth, your shoulders will go back, your chest will go out, you will care about your clients, you will give better service, you will have to increase the prices to be able to pay yourself what you're worth. When you increase the prices, your clients and customers and boss perceive that you have more value, which of course you have to live up to, which makes you increase your service and your value and the solutions to problems. And it becomes a virtuous cycle. And I think I need to take a breath after saying all that. So I get this um, vicious circle and this paradox that we're all in. But it starts with you, my friend. And in fact, Martin, Martin Baldwin, how you doing? How you doing? He's just tuned in. And I think, Martin, you read um, Richest Man in Babylon, didn't you? When um, you gave me the Tony Robbins CDs. This was what? When you were, you were my flatmate, what, about 12 years ago? And we were learning some of this stuff together. And I know you really embraced the paying yourself first. And I know the way that you did it is sell some of your stuff on eBay. And you really got your overheads right down. Um, and, you know, if you have to live a few months slightly beyond your means and you have to make a few sacrifices, because there are a lot of things that you're doing that you're paying money for that you can reduce. You think you can't, but you can. If you sit down and itemize everything, you can reduce a lot of your expenses. You can live very frugally. You know, like I spend £6.20 a day on coffee. What's £6.20 times 365? Now, I can afford that and the coffee's good and it probably makes me earn a few million extra quid because I go on two times speed. But, you know, if I didn't eat, if you don't eat lunch out and you don't have coffees out and you prepare your own food, I bet you you can save 25 to 35 pounds a week. What's that over a year? Pay that to yourself first. Save some of it. Invest some of it. And, um, and, and what, what this tends to do is build this really vast momentum, which is very slow at first, but builds and builds and builds and builds and builds and builds and builds, and builds, and builds over time. Okay, so let me summarise this then to all of you who are struggling to pay yourself first. Um, don't wish the world were different. Look at what you can change, what you can control, what extra income can you create on the side? What can you sell? What expenses can you reduce? How can you sell more in your business? You know, are you focusing on areas of the business that aren't revenue generation? You should be focusing on sales and marketing to get more money in the bank. Could you reduce the salaries and increase the commissions to incentivize your staff? Um, you know, whilst in some ways that might sound counterintuitive or some people will say to me, oh, well, you can't do that in every um, industry or you can't do that in, in, you know, every department in your business. No, you can't do it in every part of your business. But what I found is this. Um, people who are motivated by money and you um, reduce the upfront, but you don't put a cap on the upside, 
they will often go for that as long as you don't cap the upside. So if you pay them 15 grand a year salary instead of 30 grand a year salary, and they go and make 85,000 pound a year in commissions, as long as you've got that commission structure right, if they've made 85,000 pound a year in commissions, you've probably made 450 or 500,000 pounds. Now for every staff member I have, every single one, I'm, I'm looking to make a minimum 2.5x their salary. Even if they are non-income generating, or, or apparently in, in your perception, non-income generating um, departments or, or team members. But you know, for example, my assistant, you know, I could get my assistant to go and save me time, which I can equate into money. I can go and get my assistant to research, which saves me time, which equates to money. I can get my um, assistant to price compare various things I need to buy or need to do, and they can save me money on each one of the, the things that I'm investing or spending in or doing. Uh, I could, um, you know, get uh, my assistant to every few months look at where I'm spending money and reduce it, look at wastage, um, because there's quite a lot of wastage in me because I tend to do now and think later, tend to create a lot, a lot of chaos that they can, uh, that they have to come in and um, create order in. And I think if you have that attitude with every member of your staff in your finance department, why don't you have someone who is full time chasing the debt? So Paul mentioned about the debt and people paying, you know, uh, you know, well over time and it giving you cash flow problems. Why don't you hire someone on a low basic and a high commission to go and chase all the debt? Or why don't you get a debt company to go in and chase the debt that's, say, over six months old? There is always a way. But if you put it into the black hole of paying everyone else first and then you last, in the end, everyone else gets rich. You don't. Your self-worth goes down. So I hope that has helped. If there's any questions on the live, I'll happily take it. Um, so Steve has said, that's uh, some going to get your expenses down to 25%. A journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. Um, yeah, you know, I, I guess it is. But, you know, like you, all you have to do is a process, Steve. So let's say at the moment you, you are earning £3,000 a month and spending £3,500 a month. Process number one is to save and make an extra £600 a month to get you to spending £2,900 a month and saving £100 a month. So it's actually not the amount of money, it's the process. Because then in three months time, you can get it to spending £2,800 a month and saving or making an extra £200 a month. And by the way, when you still have debt, what you do is you take some of the money that you create as surplus, some goes into saving and never touching, and some goes into paying your debt off. You know, look at managing and restructuring some of your debts. A lot of people have debts and they're on really high interest. So, you know, just structuring that and moving that around could, you know, could really help. Um, so, yeah, it's just about the process rather than the outcome, Steve. It's about the behaviour more than the amount of money. If you are in, you know, excruciating amounts of debt and financially you're terribly off and you manage to get a month where you save a tenner, that's awesome because you have created a process that is sustainable and scalable. The next thing you need to do, uh, there's definitely a few uh, knock-on podcasts from this podcast. The next thing you need to do is look at your values and look at what's most important to you, a lot, to you in your life, because at the moment, that is where you'll be spending your money. Now, you'll look at those things as non-negotiables, but they're non-negotiable. They're not non-negotiables. You know, like if your health and well-being is most important to you, you might shop at Waitrose instead of Lidl or Aldi. But the reality is if you buy, buy your bulk food in bulk and maybe if you food prepare and cook your food, you know, a few days in advance and freeze some of it, then you can save, you know, a lot of the expenses and the overheads. 
Um, if you, if you have a, a propensity to a like to buy material items, then you know managing that emotion to not buy material items or fashion or cosmetics, you know, or whatever it is. Um, so look at where you are spending, you know, a, a greater amount of your money, and just start to cut it. And there's nothing wrong with a bit of short-term sacrifice for long-term gain. In fact, I'd say that if you're not financially where you want to be, uh, and um, you know you're you're not making a lot of money in your business or yourself, you need to go through some short-term sacrifice. That's the, the sacrifice and the lesson that you need to get to teach yourself to grow, um, to become a money master, if you like, and a money magnet. Let's see if I've got any other comments or points here. So, Paul, thank you, Paul, for your comments, by the way. We run a tight ship with no borrowings and have to fund all of our projects for at least eight weeks before any incoming monies and it only takes one account to be late impact. In that case, then I would argue that you maybe don't run as tight a ship as you could. Maybe you run a tight ship on the expenses, but maybe you haven't got enough business coming in. Maybe you're not taking enough money. Maybe you're only taking one type of money or one type of business. You know, I like businesses that give me delayed capital lumps. I'm doing a 95 flat conversion at the moment. So an 85,000 square foot uh, building that we're converting into 80, 95 flats on the top three floors. We've already sold the bottom floor for, I think we paid 4.2. We sold it for 3.66. Just the bottom floor and a fifth of the bottom floor. We're renting out at 50 grand a year. And then we're developing the top three floors into 95 um, flats, apartments. That's a lot of money, but in two or three years time. Um, in the meantime, I need short recurring income, you know, quicker residual income. Otherwise, I have a lot of income in the future that I can never collect. So creating information project, prod, uh, products which take less time to create and I can get out to the market a lot quicker. So maybe you need, you know, these are suggestions, not, uh, you know, things that you absolutely must do, Paul. And if I were working with you, I'd take some time and respect and honour you to learn a bit more about your business. But if you rely on the same type of client or the same client or the same type of income and it's not working for you, then, you know, or you're at that point where one supplier paying you four weeks late could kill your business, then, you know, there's some, something fundamentally wrong with what you're doing. Um, you know, like, I, I think, it, by the way, if you change the terms of your agreement in, you, you know, you think that you're in your niche um, or your job or your career, how it is, is how it is. And you think you can't change it because if you change it, what will happen is you won't get any business. But actually, if you change it, the only business you won't get is the same kind of business you're getting. And if the same kind of business you're getting isn't working, then it's kind of insane. So I'll give you an example. If you want um, a salary of £25,000 a year and you always go for jobs, you know, like when you do interviews, that pay £25,000 a year, you're never going to get paid. £35,000 a year. The only way you're going to get paid £35,000 a year is to go for jobs that pay £40,000 a year and accept a £35,000 a year salary, having you know, the employer think that they've won, whereas you're getting £10,000 more than you were earning. So people tend to attract the money, the clients, the fees, based on their limitations and their ceilings. And you know, my job, my mission and vision in life is to help you break those ceilings so that you can increase your revenue for yourself and then give and share that to other people. Um, so yeah, hopefully, Paul, that helps. So um, thanks for tuning in, everyone. I hope you've enjoyed this money podcast and also this live. If you have any questions um, on the live, carry them on and I'll take them for a bit longer. And if you're listening to the money podcast, um, the community that I have running with the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast, my other podcast, and the money podcast, this new podcast, um, is in Facebook and it's called Disruptive Entrepreneur Community. So thanks for tuning in. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything.